0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will explain to us from Genesis about the mystery of Abraham's two seeds, his spiritual and physical seed, and how after believing by faith, peace came into Abraham's life. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org or on iTunes. We are a listener-supported radio program. To donate and keep this program on your station in this city, Go to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or call us at 1 800 247 3051. 1 800 247 3051. Now here's Tom Cantor with today's teaching from the book of Genesis.
1: See, there was all this parallel here, this is going on. So, Abraham in verse 13, see your seed? It's like the dust of the earth, it's a physical seed. Look across the land, see the dust, that's your physical seed. See your seed like the dust of the land associated with the land that seed is your physical Jewish people they're the dust of the earth they are your physical descendants the Jewish people Genesis 15 Abraham you have another seed another seed your seed now look up toward heaven see that seed that seed's like the stars in the sky that's a spiritual seed for you your seed is a spiritual seed like stars they are believing like you are see The dust of the earth. They look like you do. They're your physical descendants. They're the dust of the earth. Your spiritual seed is toward heaven as the ones who are also oriented as you are toward heaven. They're your spiritual seed. What does God say about dust in Genesis 3.19? Thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. That speaks of mortality dust speaks of mortality. Abraham, if your physical seed, your Jewish people, trust that they will get to heaven just because they were born Jewish, just because they're your physical seed, they are wrong because they are the dust. Of the earth and Abraham your physical seed is like the dust of the earth and to only be the physical seed of Abraham and not the stars the other seed the spiritual seed of Abraham is to hear the words for dust thou art and unto dust shalt thou return and they're like the dust they'll die and they won't go to heaven unless they become the second seed along with others and cast into hell but Abraham Genesis 15 your other seed your spiritual seed, they're like the stars of the sky. And what does the Bible say about the stars in Daniel 12, 2 and 3? And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness in the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars." forever and ever as the stars forever and ever those that are wise those that have come to the lord jesus christ and had seek to bring others to the lord jesus christ they that be wise they turn many to righteousness they're the stars of heaven the stars forever and ever so the stars in the bible speak of living forever and ever or in other words eternal life that's what the stars speak of and abraham if any person Jew or Gentile follows you in believing God then they'll go to heaven because they'll be just like the stars forever and ever but if any person who a person who is part of the abraham's physical seed the dust of the earth a jewish person or a person is not part of abraham's physical seed but he believes like abraham does they become a part of abraham's spiritual seeds one of the stars and they they hear the words the stars that live forever and ever and they hear the words of proverbs four eighteen. but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day And Matthew 13, 43, where the Lord Jesus Christ, then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. So, Genesis 13, Abraham's physical seed as the dust of the earth, the Jewish people. Genesis 15, Abraham's other seed as the stars of the sky, made up of Jewish and Gentile people, living forever and ever. That's the mystery of the two seeds of Abraham, the dust, the physical descendants of Abraham, the Jewish people. That's one of his seeds. The stars, Genesis 15, the spiritual descendants of Abraham, believers from both Jewish and Gentile backgrounds. As it says in Galatians three twenty-seven and 29, for as many as of you have been baptized unto Christ, "...have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus, and if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise." Which seed? The physical dust seed? No! The star seed, the second seed of Genesis 15. So the mystery of Abraham's two seeds explains what Paul meant by this very confusing statement in Romans 9.6. Not that Paul wasn't given to making very confusing statements, but he did here when he said, For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Boy, if that doesn't sound like double talk. <laughs> For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. But you put together now the mystery of the two seeds of Abraham. comes crystal clear. Because it's they are not all Abraham's second seed, his spiritual seed, like the stars with eternal life, which are from Abraham's first seed, physical seed, like the dust, who if they remain in that state, will die in their sins. So the mystery of Abraham's two seeds explains what the Lord meant when speaking to the Jewish people who were his enemies at that time, when he acknowledged in John 8 37, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, first seed, like the dust of the earth. And yet to the same people, when they claimed that they were children of Abraham, in other words, when they claimed to be the spiritual seed, in other words, like the stars of Genesis 15, he said, No. In John 8, 39 through 40, and they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not, Abraham. So look toward heaven, tell the stars, so shall thy seed be, Abraham. So in verses 2 and 3 of Genesis 15, Abraham is full of anxiety that he'd have no heir. In verses 4 and 5, God told Abraham, oh, you're going to have an heir, okay. You're going to have a, not only the first heir I told you about, you're going to have a second heir, spiritual. You'll have physical heirs and you'll have spiritual heirs. And then in verse 6, when Abraham heard that he was going to have a spiritual seed and stars of the heaven, and Abraham responds, and he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. So it says that Abraham believed in the Lord. The Hebrew word there is the the word aman. And here are some other places in Scripture where it's used. In 2 Samuel 2.35, where it speaks of god's establishment and it says i will build him a sure house an aman house a sure house in isaiah 223 it says i will fasten him as a nail in a sure place an aman place so and also the word is translated steadfast in first samuel 320 samuel was established to be a prophet Sorry, it's translated as established. Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord, Amon of the Lord. Thy throne shall be established, Amon, forever. So the word amon has this meaning of being established, or being steady, or being sure, of being and so, in other words, what it means here when it says that he believed in the Lord, it means that Abraham stayed himself. He steadied himself, he established himself on the lord so what we've seen in verse 5 is that god makes a promise to abraham that he'd have a second spiritual seed and before that in verse 4 god had promised abraham that he had he would have a, a first a physical seed that would come forth out of his own bowels, sarah's and abraham believed god for both of the seeds but about the promise of the first physical seed it says in romans four seventeen. you might want to turn to this romans four seventeen through 22 we're going to camp out a little bit on that verse it says Again, this promise comes to Abraham that he's going to have a physical seed and then God, it says here, as it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations. That's, again, it says here, before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things, which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own, body now dead when he was about 100 years old neither yet the deadness of sarah's womb he staggered not at the promise of god through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to god and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness so it says here among many things it says it said when god told abraham he's going to have a son he staggered not and so, to not stagger, in other words, to not lose his balance, to not go into vertigo, to not go, to not uh, fall over, we can picture Abraham just steadying himself. We can just picture him, like, so to speak, as if he put his hand on God's shoulder and said, no, let me, let me just steady myself here a little bit." And that's what it means when he said he believed God. He has steadied himself. He stayed himself. So, without God to lean on, these promises were enough to make him just fall over. So Abraham leans on God, he keeps his balance, he keeps from staggering, and he has this one characteristic that's so fixed in his mind. Abraham is really onto this, and this carries him throughout his life, and he believes something about God in verse 17, Romans 4:17. It says, he believes that God quickens the dead. He believes that about God. He's just absolutely convinced in his life that God is the person who makes the dead come alive again. That's what God does. And that's what we believe. That's the core of our belief also. We, as dead, as death, we came to the Lord Jesus Christ. He breathed into us, so to speak back in Genesis, the breath of life. We became a living soul. The Holy Spirit enters into us who is life. And we have confidence that when we die that we'll live again because we have confidence that God is the one who gives life to the death. And just like Abraham did. And so he believes this, and what Abraham then does is he draws conclusions not on what he sees. See, what does Abraham see? If he's looking at what he sees in verse 19, he sees his own body, which he sees is now dead. He would describe himself that way. Now dead. Sometimes I feel like that. Anyway, he was about 100 years old. Or the deadness of Sarah's womb. He saw his own body and it was as good as dead as Sarah's womb. And he looks and all he sees is death, 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 death. That's what he sees. But Abraham doesn't draw his conclusions based on what he sees because it says he considered not, he considered not his own body now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he draws his conclusions from the word of God. He draws draws his conclusions from what God said, not from surrounding circumstances. And that's what we do. We don't draw our conclusions from what we see or surrounding circumstances. We draw our conclusions from the word of God. So when it says he considered not, it means that he didn't allow himself to reason about the natural impossibility of this promise. When it says he considered not, it means that he didn't dwell on everything that stood in the way, every obstacle, every roadblock that stood in the way of this promise. But it says in verse 21, instead of that, he was fully persuaded. Isn't that a great term? Fully persuaded. What was he persuaded about? That God was able to perform the promise. It means that Abraham dwelled on who made the promise. He was thinking about God and he was thinking about his ability to do this. And he reasoned that God was able to do this. And so Abraham was able to believe. Abraham was able to consider not. Abraham was fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. That's a person. A person who's fully persuaded is a person who's full of faith. And I hope as a result of today that each one of us, me included, I want to be from today more fully persuaded. Don't you? When you walk out of here, you want to be like Abraham, more fully persuaded. Fully persuaded is a process, and it always comes about. And and whenever we come to the chapel, our hope and desire should be, I want to leave here more fully persuaded. I hope God persuades you. I hope you're not persuaded by me. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> but, but God persuades you. When you come to our morning devotion times, our prayer should not just be, oh, it, we shouldn't come to the morning devotion and say, oh, how much I got to read today? Okay, we, I can get through this. No, no. Our time with God should be, and our prayer should be, Lord, make me more fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Chapter 15 starts off. Abraham in verse 1, he's full of fear. He's fearful about protection. He's fearful about his provision. Verses 2 and 3, he's full of anxiety about who's going to be his heir. These fears, these anxieties are doubts. And they're like, you want to look at it this way, you can look at those verses like labor pains. So this was a painful time for Abraham, but Abraham's going through a process. And finally in verse 6, faith is born there was peace abraham's no longer afraid for his protection he's no longer afraid for his provision he's no longer anxious about who's his heirs going to be that's our goal that our doubts and our fears and our anxieties shouldn't be the end but should be the process labor pains to give birth to faith and then peace comes
0: tom today you spoke about how abraham considered not the deadness of sarah's womb so Abraham really thought well of Sarah. It made me think of how God protected and took care of Eve in the garden after sin and death entered in. Now I've heard it said that the Bible puts women down, but how is that belief not true? Nothing could be farther from the truth. It's
1: God who stepped in and gave to Eve the promise. This is the promise in Genesis 3:15. This is the first pro- the first mention which is so important in the Bible, of God coming. And he said in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise her head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Here we see God could have chosen to speak this of man, but he didn't. He spoke it of the woman's seed. And it was the woman's seed because we know very well that when God came, there was that Joseph... The husband of Mary was the stepfather of the Lord Jesus Christ because she was the one that was bearing the seed of man, and that's why it's called her seed, and that's the great Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. God himself came as the seed of the woman. And God didn't have to do that, but he chose to do that. And that was a great honor to woman that he had created. And as we think through the Bible, of all the many, many different women that were used of God, even sent by God, even spoke on behalf of God, we stand back and we say, oh, God has greatly honored women. You know, we think of Miriam, the sister of Moses, It's very interesting. We know so much about Miriam from the book of Exodus and how she took up the timbrel and led the whole congregation of the people of Israel to sing to the Lord after they were standing there on the side of the Red Sea watching the bodies, the corpses, the, the Egyptian soldiers wash up as the water laps the shore and so brings up another body of the Egyptians, and they're standing there in shock. It's Miriam, who picked up the timbrel and led all of the people of Israel to sing praises to God. She was a great woman. And it speaks about her in Micah 6, 4, when God says, For I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, and redeemed thee out of the house of servants. And then notice what he says, And I sent before thee Moses and... Aaron, and surprise of surprises, and Miriam. That's what he said. God said, I sent before them Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. That She is on the same level as Moses and Aaron. She's Miriam, the sister. God greatly honored Miriam, the woman when he said that he sent her, and and that was a great honor. And so Israel, the people of God, would look at that and take notice. God honors women. And then it was the woman, a harlot woman, a prostitute woman named Rahab. Rahab threw out of great danger to herself, danger of being killed, but she risked her life. And she watched the destruction and caused the destruction, so to speak, of her own city because she was brave and wanted to stand up, stand up for God. She stood up, she stood up, stood up for Jesus. And she did that when she hung, when she protected the spies that Joshua had sent in. And, and so she is so honored that she is in God's hall of fame of Hebrews 11 that's the faith hall of fame and he, and there's a verse dedicated to her where it says in Hebrews 11:31 by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace that was a great honor that God had bestowed upon this woman, and she was in the lineage. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. She was used of God to carry on that seed that eventually, through Mary, would be the seed of the woman that would bring forth the Savior of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. That was Rahab. Rahab, the woman, Rahab, the harlot. And then we think of Deborah. Oh, Deborah, what a brave woman she was. So mighty a woman she was. It says in Judges 4 4, it says, and Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lippitoth she judged Israel at that time. Israel went to Deborah, the prophetess that God raised up, and she guided the people of God. She was greatly used. She was not afraid to go out with, and to defeat Sisera. And isn't it interesting that when Sisera was running for his life, that she turned he turned in to the tent of a woman, Jael, and who in great danger to her soul, said, don't worry, she covered him, she fed him with milk, and then when he slept on her lap, on her knees rather, slept on her knees, she took a tense nail and a hammer, and she drove that through the temples of Sisera and pinned his head to the ground, such bravery on the part of a woman jail. And then we read of Ruth, Ruth. Ruth, whose words we repeat at many, many marriages, and we realize what a woman she was to guide us with her words, in our own dedication, not only to husband and wife, wife to husband, but also in what we say to the Lord Jesus Christ as she said it to her her mother-in-law, and she said in, in Ruth 1.16, entreat me not to leave thee, or or return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Spoken by a Moabite w- woman, Ruth, and then Esther. Oh, Esther, she stands, oh, in a class of her own. What she did, how she risked her life, how she was willing, like Moses to refuse to be called as he was, the son of Pharaoh, but chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. And Esther, and in essence, said, Look, if I perish by what I'm going to do, I will save the people of God. I will risk my life. And she said those great words in Esther 4.16 when she's told her, her, her cousin, Mordecai, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, neither eat nor drink, three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish, and she did and she trusted God, and she was all alone in the in the palace. And she went, which was not according to the law, into the court into the courtyard there, the the before the king. And she knew that to be to appear within the courtyard without being called, she would be put to death, unless the king held out his royal scepter, which he did to her. What a woman she is, single-handed. This woman saved all the Jews from being destroyed in the last month of the year, in the month of Adar, Both all of the Jews would have been destroyed, young and old, women and children, all of them, except for the bravery of this woman who did not have to do it. She did not have to do it. She's like the Lord Jesus Christ. He was in the safety of the palace of heaven like Esther was in the safety of the palace of Shushan. And the Lord Jesus Christ not only risked his life, he gave his life for us, that we should be saved. And this woman, Esther, risked it all, her life. And she knew she was risking it because she said, if I perish, I perish. And she did it. And we have a holiday today, Purim, to celebrate the the bravery of this woman and Mary. Miriam, what can we say? except what the angel said to her in Luke one twenty eight, The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when we read the Magnificat in Luke 2, we see, what a humble spirit she was. How she was one of those who trusted that God would help Israel. And how he did as he brought from her God in the flesh who came and tabernacled among us in the flesh through mary and what could we say more we could talk about sarah and rebecca and hannah but as it says in hebrews the time would not suffice us but when you put all these together we can just come to the one conclusion and that is it this god highly honors women and so
0: should we Thank you for listening to Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. To support this Bible teaching radio program and Jewish evangelism ministry, call us at 1-800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or go to friendshipwithgod.org and donate online.